I love that movie. It reminds me when I was a kid, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I, one of my uh, favorite scenes, of course, when I was a kid, I didn't like that scene very much. Um, good morning. My name is Jeff Noonan. It's good to be with you. I'm one of your elders here at Cornerstone. And when uh, we've been talking about the spiders, the attack of the spiders, I, th- I think of that scene every time. Um, but I also think about a time when I was in the Army, and I brought uh, my friend Bob here. Uh, many of you guys have probably hit Bob a few times. Um, but uh, I brought some of my armor because we're going to be talking about the full armor of God and putting on the whole armor of God. And when I think about the spiders, I, I thought about a time when I was quite a bit younger. It was about 25 years ago. I was at the, in the 5th Infantry Division, and I was in a scout platoon in the 5th Infantry. And we many times were out by ourselves, and you know, we'd be going through the forest. And um, I thought about this time where I was trucking along on this path, and I was, I was, as I was going on this path, I thought everything was good, you know. And if you're ever in the Army or the Marine Corps or something, they always tell you, you're not supposed to be on the paths, right? The paths are where bad things happen. Well, I was, I was trying to get to a place a little quicker than I was supposed to, and so I was on this path. I remember going up over this hill and around this bend, and all of a sudden, in the mountains of Kentucky, they have these huge spiders that make these webs across the entire path. And if you've ever been, you know, in the south or in the east, um, like where my son is in Fort Benning right now, these spiders just sit right in the middle of the spider web. So I'm trucking along, I have all my gear on, and I hit this spider web. And this spider just right on my face, and he goes right down my body. And of course, here I am thinking that I'm all gung-ho, and I'm, I'm prepared for anything. I have all my armor on. Nothing can hurt me except for that spider. That spider web entangled my whole upper body. It went down my, and all I remember is just shedding stuff off and trying to get this spider web off of me. And so as we've been talking about the schemes of the devil, and Scott's been talking about that, you know, I think about that. I think about how those spider webs entangle us. And if I were to ask you today, when you leave here, when you leave this building, Would you be ready for any battle and any fight that would come your way outside of these doors? You know, you don't have to worry. There's no physical threat out there. And if there were, we're prepared for that type of stuff. But I guarantee you, when you leave these doors today and you go throughout this week, Satan is going to attack you in one way or another. He's going to attack your mind. He's going to attack um, your, your physical ability. He wants to make us ineffective for God's glory. He wants to make us ineffective for Christ. So I want you to think about, are you ready to fight? Because Satan's out there, and Satan is ready to kill, steal, and destroy everything that you have to make you ineffective. And we're going to talk about today how Christ equips us to fight those battles. You know, I brought some some armor up here, and it's amazing how much money we put into armor. But we have the best armor of all right here, and you have it with you today. And so we're going to talk about that. So my big idea uh, for you this morning, or actually, let's, let's uh, recap a little bit. Um, we were recapping earlier. As we, as we think about what we've been talking about, about what the spider is, I want you to think about the agreement that 
the devil wants to make with you when he gets into your, into your, in your mind, in the recesses of your mind. And when we allow Satan to come in and set up shop in our, in our lives, that's really what we're doing. Is we're, we're making these agreements that are founded in lies. And when we make those agreements that are founded in lies, pretty soon those cobwebs start to form in the recesses of your mind, whatever it may be. They start to medicate your senses. Satan starts to think or tell you, lie to you that things aren't so bad. You know, you don't need the scripture. You don't need to go down this path. Go down this easier path. Those are the cobwebs that we talk about. So you're the spider in our lives is that, that agreement we've made with a lie. The cobweb is that medicator that starts to bring false comfort to that lie to make it easier for us to digest. The big idea I want to talk to you about today, and it's going to be founded in Scripture, is we must prepare to fight the spiders by standing firm in the armor God has given us. That armor comes from God. And I want, to, I want you to think about a time in your life. And maybe it's now. Maybe God brought you here this morning uh, to, to open up Ephesians 6 and talk about Ephesians 6. But I want you to think about a time in your life where something's it's been really hard. Maybe a time in your life where Satan wants to make you feel like everything is hopeless. That there's no point in moving on. A time in your life where possibly you're not listening to truth. And he's just making you ineffective. We battle Satan's schemes in our lives every day. And they manifest themselves in the addictions that we have and the depravity that enters our lives. And we have to fight those addictions. Paul said, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. See, we can buy all this armor and we can outfit ourselves in this world. You know, I know my son, I was talking to my son and yes, he's, he's training to be a ranger and he's talking about all this armor that they're buying him and it's, it's it's cool stuff. And we spend a ton of money. And that's great for this world. But that's not, that doesn't help us when the Satan's attacking our, our minds. This is the battle we must prepare for every day. Every day. We wrestle against flesh and blood, but we, we wrestle against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil. That's what we have to prepare for. And so as we talk about this today, I want, you to, I want to introduce you to one of, my, one of my heroes, really. I have many scriptural heroes, but when you think about somebody who wrestles with the spiritual forces every day, I think about Paul. See, Paul, he was born a Hebrew among Hebrews, a Pharisee among Pharisee. He was a Jew that you would aspire to be in the Jewish tradition. He had it all. He was on that path. He was also one of the worst persecutors of Christians. 
until Christ himself made him his apostle. And he wrote most of the New Testament. But Paul had a rough life after that. Rough life. This is what he says about his own life. This is why I love Paul. This is why I think Paul is such a good example for us to follow. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews 40 lashes minus one. 40 lashes minus one. So the scourge that Christ went through right before he went to the cross, five times Paul got 40 lashes minus one. Five times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, and danger from the Gentiles. Danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers. In toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, and hunger and thirst, often without food. In cold and exposure and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. So I'm going to back up and so you can see Paul here. So Paul, to me, you would think that with everything that he's been through, he could battle his cobwebs in his life. That he could attack that spider and stand firm and attack that spider. He was all about Christ. He said, Paul said, to live is Christ, to die is gain. If I must be on this earth, I'm going to live for Christ. But if it's, to, it's today, my last day, then that's great. Because that's the biggest reward I'm going to get. And I'm going to be in paradise. That was his mentality. That's how he lived his life. And so you would think that Paul could boast, right? That he could boast about being firm in his faith and firm fighting those battles. But he couldn't. He wasn't. Paul himself said, I constantly do the things I'm not supposed to do. And I don't do the things I'm supposed to do. I am the chief sinner. That's how Paul described himself. I'm the chief sinner. So if Paul can't do it, if Paul can't do it as he was chosen by Christ, then we can't do it on our own either. We need that, that help. Oh, sorry, a little too fast. It's a little sensitive. So how do you train to fight and stand firm? How do we do it? How do we do it? Most of my life... Most of my life, since I was 18 years old, I joined the military. This is what I, well, not quite what I wore. I wish I had good stuff like this back then. But this is what I always wore armor in the army. Got out of the army, came to work for the sheriff's office. I've been there for 23 years. Always wearing some sort of armor. And every time I put that on, it gave me some sense of security. There were some times, my wife will tell you, I promised her I'd never leave the door without wearing my armor. Never. There was a couple times I left my house without wearing my armor. I put on my shirt, and I'm like, something's not right. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go back in and get my armor, right? But that doesn't help us in the spiritual fight that we have. So how do we train to fight to stand firm? 
We must put on our spiritual armor. We must put on the spiritual armor. Open with me, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 17. Because Paul gives us the instructions that we should follow. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Look at this. Strength of his might should be a capital H. His might, not your might. Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. That's what's coming after us. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace in all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. This is how we stand firm. Helmet of salvation. And we're going to talk about the sword of the spirit. The only offensive weapon that we really need. But see Paul. As he wrote this letter to Ephesus. To the Ephesians. He wrote it to encourage them. But he also wrote it to admonish them. To let them know that we must be prepared. From the evil one. See he was on house arrest when he wrote this. Paul was on house arrest. And he had a Roman soldier. That stood near him. And so as he looked at the Roman soldier and he looked at everything that we do in this world to prepare ourselves to fight in this world, he started to think about what we need to withstand this battle. And so he urges us to put on the sufficient spiritual armor that can only be supplied to them through God's word and the Holy Spirit. Paul closes this letter with the instructions. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. I love this illustration. And I was talking to my son not too long ago because he's, you get tired. You get tired of trying to put on all the armor, you know, this day-to-day battle that we fight. He's like, why do I need all this stuff? Why do I need all the armor that comes with um, this day and age? Why do I need to open scripture every day? It's because the schemes of the devil, the wiles. The Greek word for schemes means wiles. Cleverness, crafty methods, cunning, deception. I I listened to a, um, a sermon not too long ago. It was by Pastor Greg Laurie. And he talked about how he used to collect snakes when he was a little kid. I don't know why you would do that. But he collected snakes. 
right? And he'd bring them home in this shoebox. He'd go out, he'd collect snakes, and he'd bring them home, and his, his mom would never know. But he'd start poking holes in the shoebox so the snake could breathe. And those snakes get out through those holes, and his mom would find them out in the house. And that's how he described the schemes of the devil. The schemes of the devil are like those holes that you put in your box. Satan wants to thwart anything that we do that's in relation to Christ. He wants to thwart whatever you, you do for the glory of God. He wants to make us ineffective. He wants you to fail and fail miserably. And that's why I like this word, the wiles, because he's clever, he's crafty methods, and everything else. He wants us to fail. So we have to be strong. And we have to tap into the strength which is provided to us through Christ. That's the only way that we will win. That's the only way that we can do what we need to do. In Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There is no temptation taken to you, but such that is common to man. God is faithful, who will never allow you to be tempted above what you will with the temptation. Make a way of escape. We can do all things through him who strengthens us. That's where our strength comes from. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. That's where our strength comes. But we have to understand our enemy. Our enemy comes to pervert God's word in Matthew 4. He opposes God's work and he hinders God's servants. I want to play a game with you real quick. It's a game of opposites. Game of opposites. So I'm going to say a word, and I want you to yet shout out the, the opposite of that word. So if I say up, you say down. If I say far, you say Near. If I say black, you say Near. If I say rich, you say Near. If I say God, you say Near. See, that's where we fail. Many of you thought the devil or Satan. When I say God, Satan is not the opposite of God. Satan is a created being. He was created Lucifer. He was created the angel of light. I heard Adrian Rogers once say that if Satan walked through these doors, we would be in awe of the beauty. It's not this Hollywood representation that we see with the horns and the pitchfork tail. If Satan walked in here, you would not recognize him and you'd want to follow him because he's so beautiful, so majestic. He was created Lucifer, the angel of light. But he was kicked out of heaven and he will be held, he will be held responsible by God. He is not the opposite of God. We have to remember that. So when we, get the, when we tap into the strength that we get through Christ, we get the strength and we're able to conquer everything, all the schemes of the devil through the armor that we get from God. Think about Job. Think about Satan having to go into the heavenly throne room and ask permission to go after Job. Satan is not the opposite of God. We must stand against the attacks of Satan. So I'm going to share with you 
these two, these two last points that I really want to hit home with is how do we stand against the attacks? If you look back in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14, I want to read this for you. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth. So as Paul's watching the Roman soldier, Roman soldiers and a lot of the the men of those days that were fighting battles, they wore these tunics. They were these big uh, square pieces of cloth. They had a, a hole in the top and holes in the side, for, but they were loose. But when they went into battle, the Roman soldiers would gird their loins with their belt and they'd cinch everything down so it was tight so you couldn't grab a hold of it. Those that like to watch football, I'm a football fanatic uh, most of the time, you see these big three, 400-pound linemen and their, their uniforms are tight. I don't even know how they got on them. When I was a kid, my dad um, got me a field pass, a press pass for Candlestick Park. I got to go and watch the San Francisco 49ers when Joe Montana was still there and Joe Young, or Steve Young was his backup. And I was standing in the end zone while the San Francisco 49ers were warming up. And what I remember about that day was Bubba Paris. And if any of you are old enough to remember Bubba Paris, he was enormous. And I thought to myself, I didn't know they could make a human being that big. He was like six foot five, six foot six, 400 and something pounds. And I just remember to myself, how in the world would you stop something like that? But his uniform was skin tight. So then I asked myself, I wonder who got him dressed? Because he certainly didn't get himself dressed, right? But that's what verse 14 is saying. Verse 14 is saying in Ephesians, stand firm having girded your loins with truth. The Roman soldiers would gird their loins. They would put on their armor and cinch everything down. My son last week, he had to go and prepare for whatever. I won't tell you all it was, but they had an inspection beforehand. And he's in the 75th Ranger Regiment right now. And every piece of his gear had to be tied down and taped to the ruck and his uniform so nothing could be grabbed a hold on. And that's how they go into battle. So nothing will encumber them. Nothing entangles them and they're ready for anything. The Apostle Paul is telling us in verse 14, gird your loins with truth. If we're going to go into battle and fight Satan, you have to stand firm. And the first thing that you have to do is prepare yourself with what? The truth. When you go to battle with Satan, and he comes after you every day with his schemes, it's like that snake slithering through the holes. You have to gird your loins and prepare yourself and stand firm with this, the truth. Because all he wants to do is lie and dissuade you from your path, make you ineffective. And so he puts in your he puts in your head, you're not good enough, you're wrong, you might as well give up, you're going to fail again and again and again. 
How can you possibly, how can you possibly ask for forgiveness today for what you asked for forgiveness for yesterday? Have you ever felt like that? Because I have. And then I remember, what does scripture say? I've been forgiven as far as the east is from the west. You must gird your loins with the truth and stand with the attacks. Stand firm against the attacks. We attack with the truth. We attack with the truth. That's why I love this passage. I've always loved this passage, especially with what I do in life. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. See, I want to... When we talk about... When Paul talks about the breastplate of righteousness, this is the armor that goes in there. That's how heavy it is. It's level four armor. It'll start, stop a rifle. It's heavy. Why do we put this here? It protects the heart. It protects the heart. For the Jewish person back in Paul's day, when he talked about putting on the breastplate of righteousness, they were protecting their heart because the heart represented their mind. The heart represented their mind, and you had to protect your mind. Right? What does scripture say about the heart? The heart is desperately wicked. You must gird your loins with the truth and put on the breastplate of righteousness to protect your heart. Paul also talks about your bowels. When when they talk about the breastplate of righteousness for the Jewish culture back there, the heart represented the minds, the bowels represented your emotions. Your emotions. So when you put on the breastplate of righteousness, you're protecting your heart and you're protecting your emotions. That's where we fail all the time. And that's where Satan wants to come after you. Whatever addiction that you might have, whatever depravity that tries to enter into your mind, when you put on that breastplate of righteousness, Paul's saying, look, this is how you stand firm against Satan's attacks. And Satan is not equal with God. And if you put on the whole armor of God, you will win. If you gird your loins with truth, you put on the breastplate of righteousness, you're going to be protecting your heart your emotions and your mind to go out through these doors and withstand the attacks of the evil one. That's why it is so important. It is so important that we teach and teach and teach and teach this. This is our instruction manual. Every day, you should be opening this. Every day, I put on this, right? But every day, I don't open this. I forget. Right? I, I get too busy. How many, how many times we're going, through, we're going through buying a new house, right? And we're, we're buying this new house, and, 
And it's got a, an alarm system in it. I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. It's got this really nice alarm system. We spend all this money on this armor. Spend all this money on an alarm system to keep our home safe. I buy a car. I go onto the internet to see if that car is the number one safety rated car to keep me safe. To keep my kids safe. Right? I don't let my kids, I'm, I'm a cop by the way, but I don't let my kids ride the school bus because I'm freaked out about the school bus. So I take them to school so they're safe. Right? I pick them up from school. I'm there. My wife's there like a half an hour before school gets out, right? So they walk from this door to the car and that's it because they have to be safe, right? But then I forget to open this up when I go to work to protect my heart and my mind and my soul and my emotions I forget to put on the whole armor of God. I actually have a tattoo of the whole armor of God on this arm. That's how much this, this passage means to me. And you know the reason I put it there? was So I would look in the mirror in the morning and remember to put on the whole armor of God. Honestly, that's why I did it. And I still forget. I still forget. Because that is what Satan tries to do to me every single day. Trust me when I say, if you're a child of Christ, Satan's coming after you. Because he wants to make you ineffective. Ineffective for those that need him. How can we represent Christ and be the glory that God wants us to be if we don't open this up, if we don't use the instruction manual, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And I hate to tell you, you're not good enough either. You can get all that armor on and Satan's still going to get you. He's still going to get you. So I want to leave you with something. I want to leave you with some next steps. In the three minutes that we have left, I want to and I'll, I'll, I'll change the slide. Sorry, I get wrapped up and I, I forget to click Thor. We talked about all this. But let me, if you guys can put up the next step slides for me. Your next steps in your handout. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 17. Each morning this week. Each morning this week. When you wake up. Before you do anything. Before you do anything. Commit to the full armor. Read Ephesians chapter 6. Gird your loins with the truth. Walk out your door. And be ready for anything. Protect your heart. Protect your emotions. The second one. Oh, you did it for me. Sorry. Stand up and cons- consciously put on each piece of your armor. So I thought about this. I was thinking about this when I was, uh, when I was writing this down. How can you consciously think about putting on your armor? You read Ephesians chapter 6. You're in God's word. You know, you have the truth right there in front of you. 
do you put on each piece each day? Just visualize it. Visualize it. When you're getting dressed and you're putting on your belt, you know, you're putting on your jacket, whatever it be, just visualize putting on the armor that God is giving you. And when you go out into that world, Satan's going to be there. And if you're not ready for him, he wins. He wins. And maybe he's already made you ineffective. Just put on the truth. Consciously put on each piece of your spiritual armor. And the last one, pray for victory against your spider and the spiritual attacks of that day. Pray for victory against your spider and the spiritual attacks of that day. Communicate with them. Have that relationship with them. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. One of the things that I do every day, you know, and it's, I may forget to open up scripture, but every day as I'm traveling to work, because I have, I have a drive sometimes, I just listen to a pastor that I, I respect, somebody that speaks to me. Whether that be Scott's sermon for last Sunday, because sometimes I'm out here helping, I don't, I don't uh, get to hear it, I'll listen to Scott's sermon on the radio, podcast, Chuck Swindoll, who is hilarious, who is a Marine Corps vet, love Chuck Swindoll, right? But there's people that motivate me and remind me to be the Christian that I need to be. And that's how I put on the, the whole armor of God at times. I just meditate as much as I can on the word. I'll sit at my desk and either play music or a sermon that keeps me in that mindset. That's what we got to do. That's what we got to do. There was a video I was going to play but it was a little bit too army. You know, some of the slides here were, but I know there's some Navy guys in here and we got Harv, who's an Air Force guy over here. I'm an army guy, like through and through, right? So, you know, army's beat Navy like three years in a row. So I, I had, uh, I have to get that out there because before we beat them three years in a row, they beat us like 14 years in a row, right? So, I had this, this video that, that was, I was going to play it, but it was a little bit too much army. But it was, of the, it was of the 5th Special Forces group, and that was one of the groups I was assigned to in the army. And they were putting on their armor. They were putting on their armor before they, they left out this door to go on this mission. And you could hear this song in the background and just kept saying, we will fight, we will fight, we will fight. That's how I feel when I read this. You read this, you open it up, and then you go out your door every morning, and you're like, I will fight. And that's why I want to ask you, I, I, the, the biggest question I have for you today is, are you ready to leave these doors? Are you ready to fight? Because if you don't fight, if you run, Satan's coming after you. He's coming after you one way or another. You have to put on your armor and be ready. And it's right here, folks. The last verse, and, and then I'll stop, I promise. The last verse of Ephesians chapter 6. What does it say? Verse 17, take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the sword, which is the word of God. 
the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That is your offensive weapon right here, ladies and gentlemen, is this right here. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. Let him fight those schemes with you and for you. Let me pray for you this morning. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for for being with us this morning. Thank you for bringing your word to us and speaking to us. Lord, I pray that in the days and the weeks to come and the seasons to come, that as Satan comes and he lies to us, manifests himself, in cobwebs in our lives, in the recesses of our minds. I pray, Father, that you would be there, that you would remind us, that you would would help us gird our loins with the truth, that you would help us put on the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation, that in everything that comes our way, that you would just envelop us with the Holy Spirit. that we would remember who we are here for. As the Apostle Paul said, to live is Christ, to die is gain. This is not our home, Lord. We wait for the days that we can come and be with you in paradise. But we are here to do your work, and we are here to glorify you. I pray, Father, that you would equip us, that you would edify us, that you would give us a hunger for your word that we've never had before, that we would open it up and that we would be able to stand firm and do everything that we need to do for you. I thank you, Lord, for for this morning. I thank you for the, the good weather that allowed us to come here and fellowship with each other. I just pray that, that everybody here would be safe going home and that you would be with us in the days to come. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the audio from Cornerstone Church in Prescott, Arizona. For more information, visit us online at www.prescottcornerstone.com.